welcome back to the Dad Chronicle, where we share stories from dads all around the world. I'm your host, Alex Albisu. This is episode 98. On today's episode, I speak with Kevin and Evo De Palma. The two of them have a son named Nassim, and they're better known on the internet as FamilyFab76. I'm really excited to bring you their story because hearing the perspective of two gay dads is something that I feel we've been missing on this show. And they have an inspiring story of love, inclusion, positivity. This is one you're really going to like. We start out by talking about how they got into fostering kids and eventually met their son, Nassim. How we did foster care was kind of a, I call it like a little bit of a calling from God. We talk about how Nassim came to them as an opioid addicted baby and how they were able to work with that. Instinctively, I knew exactly what to do. I just held him tight to my chest and I didn't panic. And I just did these breathing exercises where I inhaled very deeply and exhaled very slowly. And after the the first couple of nights, the withdrawal symptoms faded and that was it. And finally, we talk about their mission for anti-bullying and inclusivity for parenting in the LGBTQ plus community. He has two dads. Like it's going to be very hard. Um, and I'm sure he'll get made fun of. I'm sure things will say, you know, some yeah. kids are cool, but we just keep reading the fact that he's loved. Here's my conversation with Kevin and Evo De Palma of Family Fab 76. I am here with Kevin and Evo. Welcome, gentlemen, to the Dad Chronicle. How are you today? Uh, we're doing great. Doing great. Thanks for having us. Oh, of course. And, and you guys have such a wonderful message that you're bringing forward. I'm um, proud to have you guys on the show. I think that the message that you bring towards uh, positivity, inclusivity to the LGBTQ community um, is really, really important. And we're going to dive into that. But first, I want to give the folks at home an opportunity to know who you are. So um, first, let's start with you, Kevin. Why don't you take a moment to just introduce yourself to the world? Okay, uh, my name is Kevin DePama. I am a 43-year-old gay male. I have been living and with my husband, Evo DePama, for going on 23 years. Uh, we have a beautiful family and a lovely son named Nassim DePama. He is four. Um, I work in the financial aid um, aspect of uh, employment, and I'm a very family-oriented man. Um, kind of boring. <laughs> uh, like to uh, have a good sense of humor around me, and that's me in a nutshell. I wouldn't put anything about you as being boring. I think that your videos <laughs> say otherwise, but uh, and we'll jump into some of that. Um, Evo, why don't okay. you take a moment and introduce yourself? Yeah, sure. Uh, my name is Evo DePama. I am 42. Uh, I've been with, uh, I said, I've been, Kevin and I have been together for 23 years. Uh, I am the second oldest of 14 children from a blended family. Uh, I'm a nurse and, uh, that's, yeah, that's pretty, that's me in a nutshell. How long have you been a nurse? Uh, about three, about three years. Wow. Yeah. I, and, uh, I that, that's quite a calling. I know plenty of nurses. Going to there. nursing school was the reason I went to nursing school was to, uh, um, I could work like a three to 11 shifts. So that way we wouldn't have to pay for childcare. Hey, good on you, man. That's great. That's yeah. amazing. That's amazing. Um, quick question before we really dive into the family situation, uh, because people uh, who have seen you guys uh, are, are aware of some of the the videos um, that you guys put out. There's a video I saw recently, Kevin, of you um, using something on your beard. So I, I'm also a, a bearded man, and uh, you have a magnificent beard. Um, first Thank of you. all, how do you, how do you manage that? And then second of all, what was that little steamer thing that you were using on your face? Because that looked awesome. Okay. Um, my, well, since I am a bald man, uh, 
I have the extra time to dive into my beard care. So um, I I would say that my beard um, takes a lot of grooming. Um, basically, if you're asking my morning ritual, what it is is after I shower. Well, first, I, I have a special uh, conditioner I put in my beard um, while I'm in the shower. And then I dry it off. I put beard oil in it. Then I put beer bomb in it. And then what you saw was a straightener for a beard. <laughs> God, it's brilliant. Yes. An ionic straightener. It looked magnificent because so like I don't have as uh, crazy big of a beard like you guys. I mean, like I, I got to imagine that that thing takes a lot of taming. But when I was yeah, seeing how it was like straight, I was like, where is that and where can I get it? I was so like, <laughs> I, OK, so I'm going to look into that. Um, yeah, uh, it's really worth the purchase. <laughs> oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Now, um, if people see you guys online, they also are very familiar with uh, your beautiful son, Nassim. Um, let's let's talk a little bit about Nassim. Um, how did you guys first meet Nassim? So um, interesting story. Uh, we are we did foster care through New York State. And we got a phone call one day. Hey, can you take a. A uh, newborn right from the hospital. And we said, uh, yeah, sure. Um, he was uh, born addicted to uh, opioids. So we said, yeah, we'll take him. So we're driving there and um, we get a phone call, like literally three minutes away from the hospital saying, oh, change of plans. Something happened. He's not available. I said, OK, so came home, little bummed out. And then uh, two weeks later, three weeks, oh, later. three weeks later. We get a phone call again. Uh, would you take a opioid addicted little boy, three weeks old? And she's telling Kevin all this stuff. And Kevin's like, uh, isn't this, you called us about this. No, kid. no. I go, uh, well, what's this little boy's name? And they go, Nassim. And I'm like, wait a minute. I'm like, did you guys call us three weeks ago about the same child? And there was like this dead silence for about five seconds and you hear click, 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 click on the computer. And they're like, why? Yes, we did. <laughs> <laughs> and so, um, so how, by the way, how did you guys get into, uh, the foster system to, to, uh, take care of kids like that? Was that something that you guys had signed up for, for a long time and were waiting for that first call is, did you guys take care of other kids before Nassim? Yes, we took care of other kids before Nassim. Um, how we did, well, how we did foster care was kind of a, I call it like a little bit of a calling from God. Um, so what ended up happening was, uh, Kevin never wanted to have kids, never. And then he is 35. No. Well, yeah, 35. 35. Yeah. He rolls over in bed one morning and says, I want to be a dad. <laughs> and I said, uh, are you being serious? He's like, yeah, I, I, I think I really want to be a father. And I said, okay, well, uh, you, you handle the money. You're the money guy. So, you got to find us the cash to do this because it's not cheap. So we started researching a lot of ways, um, how to adopt and everything. And, uh, just dollar signs were just flying at us with no guarantee, with no guarantees. And, um, so, uh, I kind of, you know, uh, you know, as you can see, some of our posts from Instagram, you know, we're church going dads. Mm -hmm. So I had a little conversation with the big guy. Send me a sign, like winning lotto numbers, send me something. And uh, we happened to be at the farmer's market that Sunday and uh, Department of Social Services had a booth there uh, promoting their foster care program, wow. Foster to Adopt. 
And so I said, oh, my God. And so I said, this could be our answer. Like we could, this is what we could do. So it was, uh, what was it, 13 weeks of training? Yeah, yeah 13 weeks of training. Um, lots of, uh, they, they get really into, who, you know, they really get into who you are. Yeah. <laughs> um, which rightfully so. Um, you know, they come to the house and everything. You meet a kid. It's very them. invasive. Very mm-hmm. invasive. Um, yeah. and, uh, so that's, that started the foster care thing. Amazing. And Kevin, uh, to you for a quick moment, what do you feel was that catalyst? Like what made you flip over in bed that day and say that? Oh, uh, that's, that's an easy answer. So, um, as Evo just said, he's one of 14. So obviously you can figure the, the age range there. So he has a lot of younger siblings and, um, a lot of his siblings live in, um, Southern Jersey. So we're visiting them for a long weekend. And now, not only do you have some of the younger siblings there, but you have the older siblings that are now having children of their own. Mm. And I'm just seeing, I'm seeing all this life and all this love that I feel like I'm missing. And I've always loved children. Always. Like I'm a huge child myself. And my family always said, one day you're going to make a great dad. But I just felt like, I just wasn't ready. You know, you have to be ready in your heart to have a child. Mm -hmm. And at 35, I was there and I just saw what I was missing. And Evo this whole time was always saying how he would love to be a dad. So I knew once I gave the green light, it was, you know, I'm like, yeah, (laughs) I'm like, we'll have eight. And he's like, no, we'll have two. (laughs) Yeah. Because again, I'm, I'm, I'm the practical one with, and I think you know the dollar signs with everything sure so i'm like yeah we'll have eight kids so we can go to mcdonald's and spend three hundred dollars awesome <laughs> uh now uh for for you guys bringing in this opioid addicted baby uh three weeks old like or, or how old was he did you say at, at that he, point he was three weeks okay wow what like what a shift. How did you take care of an opioid addicted baby? What, what do people not know about that? Okay. Um, well, everything with me is a story. So, so Evo just started a new job. So he couldn't actually go pick up Nassim from uh, the department. So I called my mother and I said, could you please come with me? Now, mind you, while they're asking me if I'm interested or were interested in taking in this child into our household out of one side of their mouth. On the other side, they're like, he's very medically frail. He has a very like large likelihood of dying of SIDS, blah, 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 blah. And here I am sweating bullets. I'm like, Oh my God. Oh my God. Oh my God. But I, you know, I wanted to do this, but I was also nervous. So we get to the department and there's a tiny, tiny, baby and infant in one of those car carriers i mean he only weighed like five pounds barely five five pounds and he wasn't even technically born yet for the simple fact that he wasn't due until july and here we are in june so he wasn't even to the maturity date of when he should have been born so (laughs) um we're there for a few hours um and they have the nurse there and they're they're trying to educate me on you know the care of an infant, um, but they don't bring up anything about the withdrawal. And I don't even think about asking because I'm, you know, when you're nervous and you're flustered and I'm not a big question guy, I mean, Evo is the question guy. So I did the best I could. 
So I remember getting home with the baby. Now, mind you, our living situation is where we live in what's called a flat, where it's me, Nassim, and Evo on the second floor, and my mother and my grandmother live on the first floor. So, like I said, I brought my mother with me. So here I am coming in with the car, the car carrier with this little infant, and I thought my mother was going to go into her, her part of the house, and I'm like, you're not leaving me, are you? And she was, no, relax, honey, relax. So... But it's funny how you adapt so instantly. So here I am all nervous. I did the first feeding, the first burping, which was another funny story. So I give him his first feeding. And then I'm like, because, again, I'm nervous. I'm like, Mom, there's what am I supposed to do next? And she goes, you burp him. I'm like, right, right, you burp him. Of course you do. <laughs> so I burp him. But then by the time Evo got home, I was so comfortable with him, which was only a few hours later. It's like it's it's instant. And now – you want to talk about divine intervention. So that night, now, mind you, again, no education on withdrawal. That night, it was his second feeding of the evening. So it's around probably, I don't know, midnight, one o'clock. And I'm feeding him. And all of a sudden, he starts shaking violently. And instinctively, I knew exactly what to do. I just held him tight to my chest. And I didn't panic. And I just did, you know, these breathing exercises where I inhaled very deeply and exhaled very slowly. And I can't tell you how long it lasted. It couldn't have lasted very long, but it felt like an eternity. <laughs> and after the a couple, the first couple of nights, the withdrawal symptoms faded, and that was it. Amazing. Gosh, what yeah. inspiration. The fact that you guys... I mean, that instinct kicks in. What a beautiful story, man. And how did you guys know that he was the one and you guys wanted to move forward with adopting him? Uh, from, well, the moment they, we, from the moment we saw him. Yeah. Wow. What do you think yeah, it was? Um, like, what was the quality, you think, Eva? Just his little innocence, his, you know, his, his big eyes that he just would look up at me and I knew I was his dad. It didn't, biology didn't matter at that point. Um, a big turning point, I would say, where I knew that he wasn't going home was a Fourth of July weekend. Um, oh, I agree. Yeah, it was a huge turning point for us. Oh yeah, there's one thing you need to know with this whole situation was that he was like in our care, quote unquote, temporarily. Right. Yeah. Nothing about this was going to be permanent. Keep him for a month. That's all they said. We just need you to keep him for a month. Yeah. So was there and, concern though that you guys were going to have to give him up? Well, Evo's going to explain that next, oh, okay. and this is where we, yeah. So, yeah. Um, so yeah, so I'm, I'm like, so there's always that concern, like, oh, my God. And, um, you know, nothing's more trying, like, to a human being um, in going against, like, the laws of, like, nature in regards to, like, I would have to bring the scene to go at first, the first time to visit with his biological mother. And, um, my God, you know, I'd have to take her away from him, and she would just be, like, sobbing, um. You know, so that like really that breaks your heart and you conflict like that. Like, like maybe he should go back, but then you realize, well, he's not really in a. This is not a good situation for any child to be in. Mm. And um, you know, you wrestle with that idea, and then and I never had that thought. I'm like, give me back my baby. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, what really the turning point for this was, um, so the weekend of July fourth, uh, almost five years ago, he starts uh, vomiting. And I'm like, God, he's, he's getting, he's spitting up a lot. And, uh, 
we called like the on call on several times. Yeah. Oh, it's probably just a little virus. As long as he's still eating and producing, you know, urine and fecal fecal matter, he's good. And I'm like, but the, the babies don't throw up like this. And uh, it was like it was almost like projectile vomit. And I'm mm. like, babies don't throw up like this. I'm like, I not one of my siblings have I ever seen them get sick like this. None of them. And um, so we uh, made the decision uh, July 4th. We're, we're heading to the ER because there's something seriously wrong here. And uh, we get to the ER and uh, a lot happens. But I'll give you a very synoptic story. He, get, he gets diagnosed with a disorder called pyloric stenosis, hmm. which is where um, the, inte- the muscle that connects your stomach to your small intestine block uh inflames and blocks it so he, he has an, uh, an intestinal blockage nothing's going past his stomach oh my gosh so he has to have surgery to open up this blockage and uh you know his both birth parents did not show up like here oh, their child was about gosh. to have major surgery and they don't show up to the hospital for this now mind you so this is only three weeks after we took him into care and it's literally two weeks before our wedding. <laughs> oh. So we're spending, yeah. So we're spending five days. It was actually a, a series of three hospitals. We went to one transferred to the other, then transferred to finally the big one, which has a great NICU. And we got rooms at the two hospitals, no, the one hospital, because we didn't spend much time in the first, and then the other one had the couch in it. So literally we did two-hour shifts where Eva would sleep for two hours, I would be holding the scene, flip, flip, flip. And then uh, it's funny, it's just so we're at that hospital where he had the surgery, and uh, like I said, we've been back and forth. We really, I mean, two hours of sleep, then waking up and watching, That's you're not sleeping. You're not sleeping. So we've probably been up probably for like 48 hours straight. At least. We haven't showered, we haven't brushed our teeth. Um, and I remember one of the nurses at one of the first hospitals we were at was like, you guys can go home and we'll call you for any changes. And I'm, I'm like, we're not leaving. He doesn't have anybody. We're, we're all he has. That, we're not leaving him. He already got abandoned once. He's not getting abandoned again. Mm. And so, uh, we didn't leave him. And, uh, then Kevin's sister, after the surgery, Kevin's sister came up uh, to the room and the scene was sleeping and she's like why don't you two go get something to eat because we haven't eaten anything either like well we're, vending machine yeah vending machine yeah, food snacks. and peanut butter crackers yeah so i'm like okay so we have like we really need to eat so there was a panera downstairs in the hospital so we went down there and we ordered our food and we were just sitting there and it was we were really quiet like, we weren't really talking and uh i remember looking at him and i go i i, I think we're keeping him longer than a month i don't think he's going back mm. and uh, kevin's like yeah i think you're right and what, what's funny about that is, and I tell people this all the time, uh, is that I was trying to keep a loving distance from Nassim because, full disclosure, we actually had another child before Nassim, and um, he ended up going back. And it was very, like, in, in the program that we told you we had to, like, take classes and they teach you about, like, you know, losing a child and how you go through grief. But until you experience it, you're no class is going to teach you what you're going to experience. And it was horrible. And I was so afraid of going through that again. So I, I love Nassim going into the hospital. I did love him, but leaving the hospital, I was in love with him. And it's like, he was my son. 
<laughs> and that's so evident in all the videos that you guys make. I mean, it's really a genuine love. And, and I've heard you guys say numerous times that he is just your world. Um, yeah. What is Nassim like now? Fast forwarding uh, many years. How, what's he he's like now? He's a ham. He's a ham. Yeah, that he, sounds right. <laughs> you, you, you forget about his beginnings. You would never know. He's very intelligent. You very coordinated. Great vocabulary. He's hit all his milestones. It's like, like I said, he's a blessing from God. Like, like something that you think that a a child who was addicted to opioids would be like. He has so far to date, you know, knock on wood, he's shown no ill effect of that. No, nothing. No learning disability. No delay. Nothing. That's beautiful. and as far as. Yeah, it is. And as far as his personality, I mean, what you see on camera is what you that's that's him. Like he is he is he's a he loves the camera. Like you should see it when we like go on like one of our little adventures. Like what you're not seeing is take my picture, take my picture, take my like yeah. <laughs> as soon as you take it, I have to see it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh really? really? See it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So what do you think? You think you think I mean the the kid feels like he's into showbiz like you could tell yeah that that charisma is there and he's just he's a beautiful kid um like what what is his interest does he have interest in in this content yes. creation on his end and um well you know uh he's he does taekwondo uh he's very into drums yeah awesome. music just music in general so. the, the boy's got natural rhythm like um the shake it off song. Like he, he'll like drum that out and you know exactly what song he's doing. Like, and that's a pretty, like if you break it down to the beat, it's, it's a pretty intense beat that he actually learned. Um, he loves, he loves school, loves, he loves to learn. He, he loves to be challenged. And that's kind of the joke is like, like, Evo's dyslexic and I have really bad ADHD. So I'm kind of like, woo, woo, a butterfly. <laughs> and so as a child, I would be the last person that wanted to do a crossword puzzle or a word search. And he like, out of like, like all these activities in these books, he goes for the things that I'm just like ill. And of course you got to do it. Cause he is only four. And I'm like, man, you're really pushing, pushing me into realms. I don't like to do, but mm. You do what you do for your kids, you know. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, you have to. Uh, my yeah. daughter no, is uh, my my daughter is two and a half, and and she, uh, you know, you gotta you gotta let them experience all those things that they're really curious about. Like otherwise, you're really doing them a disservice. And she, uh, we, we learn something new about her every day. So I can only imagine what you guys uh, are, are learning about him as he's going through this quintessential like development phase of his life. And I am so happy to hear that he is. Uh, truly healthy and and all of that. So I think that's wonderful. Um, you. Now you know I want to I want to jump into another thing that you guys have talked a lot about, and that's positivity, uh, anti bullying, which is an unfortunate part of um, I think society as we approach this topic of the LGBTQ plus uh, community. Now, one of the things, Kevin, I remember you taking a video, holding the scene, talking to him about how do we handle bullies? Like what, you know, how do we handle the hate that may come? And and you guys, it becomes polarizing sometimes. And I really pray to God that that doesn't, uh, it's not as much as perhaps it's perceived in um, some other forms of media. But, you know, like, I hope you guys don't get hate because everything you do is love and positivity. Not much but anymore. Not much, yeah, not like, much anymore. How do you guys, yeah, like, what do you teach him? 
if you if you were to talk to other parents, other LGBTQ plus parents out there uh, who who may be dealing with negativity or bullying, uh, what what message would you provide? Keep your life normal. Like you got to stay, you know, like it's we're a normal family. Meaning, don't change anything. Like just because you're getting right. bullied, don't change your status quo. Like you're not doing anything wrong. Right. Like mm-hmm. if you know, um, you know, and then. You know, that's what you got to do. You got to bullies once stood up to, they back down pretty quick yeah. in my experience um, in regards to that. And it's, that was one of my biggest fears. Like um, we're going to, you know, when he's a little baby and everything, everything's fine. But then as he got closer and closer to school age, we're sending him off to school. And then like, oh, it's going to be kind of like, a, well, you know, it, it, he has two dads. Like it's going to be very hard. Um and I'm sure he'll get made fun of. I'm sure things will say, you know, some yeah. kids are cool, but we just keep reading the fact that he's loved. And um, I know this sounds maybe sound a little arrogant or a little cocky of me, but one thing our son will never come from is is a broken home. Um, yeah. And, you know, it, 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 I find uh, just in my generation, um, you know, when I went to school, uh, divorce started becoming a trend mm-hmm. among my friends. Like their parents, you know, by, by the time we were seniors, a lot of my friends were getting divorced or separated. Yeah. Uh, so, um, you know, he's got two loving parents that he'll always have two loving parents. And not saying that yeah, this is sounding, this is coming off all awkward. No, no. I, no. Like if you get a divorce, you don't, you don't love your kid. It's just that, no, no. Um, you know, a house, you know, two parents under the same roof, in my opinion, is, is better than two parents under separate roofs. Yeah. Um, yeah. And where it's at. So I think that, um, you know, that's one of the things still got going for him. I think, um, I think he's going to be a little odd like that. I think there's going to be, not only is he going to come from gay dads, but he's going to come from two parents that have been together for God. Well, like it's going on 23 years. Yeah. Um, yeah. You know, which, you know, nowadays it's kind of hard to hear, you know, it's kind of, hard to find that in our generation and especially think, in gay generations like yeah. you you hear of gay men who've been together 20 30 years but they're in their they're in their they met when they were they're, kevin and my yeah. age and now they're 60 70 and i think it's also like with back to the anti-bullying thing like it's also about not living under a rock and pretending like everything's roses and glitter meaning like we know that Obviously, at one point, as Nassim gets older, he's going to experience bullying. I mean, and it's not just going to be because he's from, like, you know, a family with two fathers. It's They're going to find something else, too. I mean, mm-hmm. that's what's sad about, like, the human species is that, unfortunately, we all go through this, like, this period in our adolescence where we have to bully. And, I mean, I mean, I even did my own share of bullying when I was – I mean, everyone does it, and I don't know why we do it, but we do. But – um. <laughs> just preparing him for what is on the horizon, what can happen. And, you know, just keep reinforcing that what we truly believe is that families come in all different shapes and sizes. And that usually if somebody is calling him out for that, it's one, because they don't understand it's due to lack of education, but it doesn't make it okay either. Mm -hmm. Like some people I know they're like, Oh, well, they just don't know better. They're just lashing out because you know, it's a lack of education, but okay, fine, but it still doesn't make it okay. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. What do you think 
especially so backtracking for a second uh one of the most important things of like i've noticed in the past few years uh is this kind of surge of of parenting um you know awareness and and perspective you're hearing from a lot of different people on uh parenting as a broad topic you know like for instance i've been doing this show for the past almost three years and it's uh and it's all about you know the perspective of the father and um you know i think that now we're bringing in you know this perspective from an lgbtq plus which is great representation and i think underrepresented why do you think it's so important today to be talking about the lgbtq plus uh community as far as parenting goes well because unfortunately a lot of people in mainstream society don't feel that uh you know we as a community are suitable parents that um for some reason a a lot of i can't say a lot well there's a lot but i want to say the majority but there's a lot of of other straight people out there that think for some reason that because we're homosexual that our children will also learn to be homosexual what's funny is since you're on social media yourself i'm sure you've noticed like people will say that but then the comeback will be well you know we come like evil and i come from a straight family and we're homosexual you don't teach your sons or daughters to be gay It, it it's it's just how they're who you are. It's who they are. Yeah. And that's one of the reasons, like, you know, with like the TikTok and the Instagram, like we put out there, we are just like any other normal family. Like we make cookies, we clean the house, we read stories, there's bedtime, there's teeth brushing, we go on family vacations. Like so we're just like we do nothing different. Yeah, we do nothing different than the straight family next door. Like we do everything just like them. And I mean, the only thing that makes us a little different now, and that's because we chose to do it, is we're our social media presence. <laughs> yeah. yeah, but but you know that's that's a powerful thing. I think it really takes people to to step forward and pave a path. And I think that you guys are part of that movement, and I think it's wonderful. And I think that's kudos. And I to think you. you know, if we could show you know. Um, especially gay men, if we can show gay men, like you can achieve this, like you can read, you can have a child. Um, you can do this. You could be just like us. You can have, have this. This is like one of the greatest things. Being a father is the greatest gift ever. It um, is. Yes, and I it is. A lot of gay men, you know, like, well, I'm gay. I can't wait, but there's so many avenues to go through to, to have a child. Like, you know, there's the foster care, there's adopting, uh, surrogacy, stuff like that. Um, but even, you know, with some of those things, there's, you know, there's some states, I think, um, that same-sex couples can't do foster care. Correct. I think there's some states where... Um, really? Same-sex... Yeah. I yeah. Think, I think that is... Yeah. I know um, I know there was, um, you know, so it's, it's you know, you hit these... If we could shatter one of those barriers or help shatter one of those barriers, that's great. Um, kids need homes. They need love. Uh, I'm a big believer that a, a loving home can fix a lot of hurt and damage for a child. Yeah. Like stability, um, repetitiveness that can really mend many wounds. A child endures from a, a very bad upbringing. It's very true. And something else as far as representation is concerned is that, um, not only do I feel like we're representing the LGBTQ plus community um, about parenting, I think we're also helping the push forward 
to represent dads in general. Because in our society, dads get a bad rap. And what I mean by that is it's always about the moms. Like, and I'm kudos to moms. I'm not saying anything. I'm just saying, come on, guys. Dads are just as valuable and can totally fill, quote unquote, a mother's role. And unfortunately, a lot of it is like due to like, societal and like what we see in media um you you know what i'm saying but fathers can be very maternal oh yeah fathers aren't second class citizens yeah yeah and that was actually a big reason why i ended up creating this show a few years ago you know it started out as me telling the story of me becoming uh, you know a dad following the journey of my wife's pregnancy and then you know it ended up kind of getting traction and you know i'm starting to get the perspective of the dads out there because what i realized is that there wasn't a resource out there that i liked to support dads uh who really didn't fit with those societal norms like if it were up to me i would love to be a stay-at-home dad i think that that's great i think that this whole uh uh, i don't know this package that we've you know encapsulated men into when it comes to parenting roles and really this is the same for women too on the flip side um or or really anybody as soon as we package somebody it just feels off and i hate that and so Mm -hmm. the fact that we're able to come on to shows like this and talk about important topics like sensitivity, uh, therapy, how that is a healthy thing for men. Um, you yes. know, th- this topic, what we're talking about here. So, um, I-, I just, I wholeheartedly appreciate you guys, um, on, you know, your own end of the spectrum of, you know, channels of media and such talking about this because it's really important. And, and I know that I have listeners out there, uh, people who listen all around the world that I'm sure there are some dads out there uh, or, or men out there who may be thinking, I want to be a dad. I'm gay. Uh, I don't know how that, you know, there's that, that inner struggle. So like, what would you say to those guys out there who may be struggling with that thought? Um, think long and hard about it because when you become a father, you lose your identity. Um, like, you know, we're no longer Evo and Kevin, we're Nassim's dads. You're taking my thing, oh, man. Sorry. That's always my thing. No, I say he got that from me. <laughs> <laughs> um, and and be prepared for that. Be prepared to you know um we you know we've kind of uh fell out of um contact with a lot of friends. Yeah. Um. You know, I met one of our very close friends. As soon as we told him we were doing this, he's like, uh, "You guys are gonna have no free time." Um, that's like the first thing that was the first thought to his mind, like not like mm. congratulations. I was like, Oh my God, you're, you're going to lose all your free time. Puts it in perspective. Um, yep. It does. Yeah. And, uh, so, um, and yeah, you know, you, you, know, you got to really think it's a journey that's so worth it, but it's a hard journey and you've got to be willing to make sacrifice and big sacrifices. And we don't regret any of them that we've Oh, no, no regrets. Like, clearly, I mean, I'm sure that comes forward on all of our videos. Yeah. Yeah. And but if you're there in, your, in that place, you know, go for it. Yeah. Like, yeah, if, yeah. If you're there and you're ready to commit, go for it. Because, you know, I mean, again, this is coming from the money guy. <laughs> <laughs> There's never the right time to start a family financially. financially. You can always find an excuse. But once you just do it, you just find the resources. It just happens. Yep. You just make it work. I agree a hundred percent with that, by the way, because my wife and I, before we started having, uh, well, you know, before we had Aria, it was like, 
uh, are we ready? Like, let's look at the bank accounts and all that stuff. Yeah. And then, and then it really became, it actually was the shift of the mindset of, are our hearts ready? Is our family ready? Like, and, and even then it's not really the perfect timing, but that was more the frame of, of reference that we were going through in our own, like is, is our family unit, uh, ready for that? And, and, uh, right. you know, we as individuals. So, well, it's like, like, you know, we saw that like, uh, you know, there's, um, you know, like being gay dads, you know, when we told our parents, um, it, you know, it, it took some adjusting for one of our parents, for my mom, it took some adjusting um in regards to that so yeah i get totally get that yeah and i wanted to to jump into the topics of your videos uh and and learn a little bit more like whose idea was it to say hey let's start this thing all right so it it was no one's idea it just came to be and so i'll tell you the quick story so i travel for work so i'm traveling i travel from albany to manhattan quite every week weekly um so it was Christmas time last year and um, Nasima. So my sister Lindsay was with Nasim and they sent me this cute little like video of them singing like chipmunks deck the halls. And um, so on the train, I did a, I did a response video through dub smash and then they sent me and it was this back and forth. And then I ran out of content. So I remembered on my Facebook seeing this thing called TikTok, and I'm like, oh, that's probably like a dub smash. So I'll, I'll download that real quick, and we'll start doing videos that way. And so as soon as I started looking at the stuff, I'm like, oh my god, Nassim would love this. So got home, blah blah blah. A couple of days later, um, I'm showing him some of the videos. And he's like picking out this one he really wants to do. And so we just started doing some videos and um, just for us, just for fun, just because we're silly. Um, And a few months goes by and then we're actually visiting family in Jersey. And I decided and we, you know, we got like maybe 500 followers. Ooh, And um. I'm like, you know, this is kind of like, I feel like I'm living a little bit of a lie because I haven't introduced one of the other most important people in my life. And that's, that's Evo. So we did a, one of our first videos as the three of us and boom, it exploded. And then around, well, let's say, I'll say early June. Now this news reached out to us and wanted to do a little, a little um, story about our family and our success on TikTok because we're one of the first, uh, you know, same-sex families that have exploded on that on that site. And um, it's ironic how things happen because they were going to do it for Gay Pride Month, but the scheduled release date for the video ended up getting getting pushed back because they were covering the Democratic debates, which worked out perfect for exposure because now we're out of the gay month and now we're just in normal august yeah so we got the spotlight all to ourselves and then that's when another huge explosion happened and then it's just been this roller coaster ever since and that's where i found you guys by the way was that was that article on well that video on facebook and i was like oh this these guys are great and i've been following you guys since and i and i absolutely love it so um, well, it's funny because with that video, so, you know, when, when there's so much views and so many comments, cause it's gotten like, so, you know, like over a million views and everything and like tons and tons of comments, 
you learn not to read the comments real yep. quick. Um, I don't. Yeah, I don't. And but I have supporters that actually work with me that love to tell me things. And finally, I had to pull them aside and say, "Guys, look, look. I appreciate the love. I appreciate you, you, you know, fighting my battles for me and standing up for me and my family. And you can continue to do that, but stop telling me what they're saying because it's like it's very hurtful. And it even is. though I know there's no validity in it." I, I just, I, I don't, you know, I can't be berated with this stuff because I'm trying to stay positive. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So they yeah. stop telling me what they're reading. <laughs> That's fair though, man. Like there are a lot of, uh, effed up people out there and they say mean things and, I think that's part of it. I, and that's that's how I think a lot of people get by with some of the content creation stuff. You know, and, and at the end of the day, art is art. And, and you guys are making your own art and you're having a lot of fun with it. And you're putting yeah. it out there for the world to consume. Whether they like it or not, you know, you have it out there. And and that's fine. I do. I sort of have a similar approach with this show and some of the other content I do. And I think that that's fine. So, uh, and, and it's also healthy for the soul because Lord knows that you can't take that much hate all at once when you have millions exactly. of people looking at it, you know? Um, yeah. But how, I, how I do look at it, and this kind of goes back to the bullying question yeah. is that it's not like they're like hating Evo, Kevin and Nassim. They're hating what they have in their mind, what we're, we are. Not what we we really are, reality. It's their own, like, you know, they have it in their head that, like, you know, we're pedophiles or we're, like, damaging the scene because we're, like, teaching him all this stuff to, like, you know, to alter him and brainwashing him and, you know, and that Nassim is, like, has some kind of void because he doesn't have a mother. and But that's that's all make-believe. That's all that what they think is going on, but that's not reality. So that's how I, you know what I'm saying? That's how yeah. I, like, I'm just like, that's not real. <laughs> yeah. And that's important in your inner voice and in your certainty of what is right. Um, that's, that's all that matters, man. Uh, you're following exactly. your gut as a parent and that's the best that we can do as parents because Lord knows these things don't have any, any like instruction manual to them. So you just got to go with it. And I think you guys are doing exactly. a damn good job. Um, Thank you. Now, I, I always like to end the show with you know some words of wisdom. You guys have actually provided a lot of really great words of wisdom um, throughout the oh, conversation. So, uh, but are, are there any final remarks or anything that you would tell perhaps a young Kevin and Evo uh, when they were kind of getting started with this thing? Uh, words of encouragement, perhaps. Well, I would say that young Kevin and Evo, everyone's going to have their opinions. And they're going to have their own way of thinking of how you should be raising your son. Just listen to yourself because you actually know what's best for your own family and for your own son. And just go with it and just don't listen to other people. Um, you know, once in a while, pick I should say, pick and choose what you listen to. Because there is some good advice out there. But overall, people just think that they can place you in their box and expect you to raise your child or children the way they were raised or the way they're raising their own children. And it's just not that way. Well said, Kevin. How about you, Evo? Anything um, from you? I would I would tell young Kevin Evo, uh, don't be afraid. Um, life's going to throw a lot of crazy curveballs at you. Uh, try to avoid as many as possible. But don't be afraid. You know, grab this journey by, you know, grab any journey in life by the horns and just ride it through the storm because 
uh, everything that you guys do is going to make you stronger. Love it. I love it, guys. Uh, and as we're wrapping up, I want to make sure that people go and check out everything that you guys put together. Because, uh, like I said, I love it. Uh, where can people find you all over the internet? So we're on uh, Instagram uh, at familyfab76, TikTok at familyfab76, um, and YouTube, YouTube familyfab76. Yep. And then we also have a Patreon that. Um, gets a little bit of activity but um what that really is for is like as you would know is it's can be expensive with software and video editing equipment and things like that so it just gets reinvested back into that we're not actually making any profit amen man yeah and that's that's a that's a good way to do it i do something similar here and um you know i think that uh, the work you guys are doing is is really paving a great way for for others out there who, uh, you know, may encounter some trepidation about this topic. Uh, and so so thank you guys again for sharing. And and also by the way, I watched the video um, a little earlier today of you guys making the banana uh, peanut butter <laughs> chocolate cookies, and yeah. uh, that was that was great. I'm gonna try it and not. Uh, put the them back in the oven thinking they were fish sticks <laughs> yeah yeah well i'm, I'm gonna do my Got best it. um cool but uh again our guests today have been kevin and evo also known as papa redbeard and daddy darko on the internet uh family fab 76 thank you both gentlemen for taking the time today uh, thanks well, thank for having you me, Alex. Special thanks again to our guests, Kevin and Evo, for sharing their story. I think that perspective is so powerful uh, to hear from somebody who's in a non-traditional family situation, um, you know, and, and normalizing this idea that two men can raise a child. I think that that's really empowering. So if you would like to chime in on today's conversation, please do so. You can email the Dad Chronicle podcast at gmail.com. And I want to remind you that you can subscribe to this podcast for free. If you head over to thedadchronicle.com, there's a link to your favorite podcatcher. So make sure that you go and do that. And while you're at thedadchronicle.com, check out our patron rewards. There's a link there to become a patron. There's a lot of great rewards for various levels. Find one that works for you. Even a dollar a month makes a huge difference. And again, if you'd like to email the show, you can thedadchroniclepodcast.com at gmail.com. If you'd like to follow me on social media, you can do so at Alex Albisu. My last name is spelled A-L-B as in boy, I-S as in Sam, U. Thanks for listening. See you next time. If you like this show, check out more great content at incastmedianetwork.com.